Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome, everybody, to Parks and Recollection. It's me, Rob Lowe, Mr. Alan Yang, uh, writer, producer, bassist extraordinaire. How you doing, Rolo? What's going on? I'm good. I'm super excited. We're doing road trip today, correct? Road trip. There's some There's some big Traeger moments in this one. Oh, uh, classic, classic app. Classic app. This is a good one for Traeger fans. <laughs> very, very good one for Traeger fans. And it's uh, one of the ones I remember... This, some of you remember more than others. Some of you go, I have, I don't, was I even there for that? <laughs> <laughs> I feel that way. Yeah, some of the time. But then this one, I think there's just some moments that you, you, you know, we got to get into to some of these weird, weird, weird moments for you. <laughs> and this is a great one written, written by our boy, Harris Whittles. I mean, you got to love that. Late great Harris Whittles, creator of Humble Brag, one of the best. He literally, I mean, think about it. The man created Humble Brag. That was not a thing. If you have ever heard the word humble brag or the term whatever, I remember being in his office when he created the Twitter account humble brag. And I won't mention who he he went after first, but he oh, retweeted a few people. <laughs> he retweeted me. It was all it was all based on his his just his seething resentment of some people in the comedy scene who were humbly bragging constantly. So that's what it started as. I love and by the way, like some of them were his friends. He would still he would like he would honestly retweet some of his friends, and so that account was pseudonymous for a while. He was no one knew it was him, and then and then obviously he revealed it was him, and then he wrote the book, and then it was in, now it's in the dictionary. It was on Jeopardy. So that was uh, all the brainchild of Mr. Harris Whittles. He created. A- I just love the thought about it. It's just great. It's just great to have that in your head and go, oh, that's a humble brag. I mean, created a word, created a word. It's still happening to this day. I wish the account were still going because it's still, it's definitely, oh, blessed, blessed to be on set. <laughs> Picture of your trailer, all that stuff. You know, can't <laughs> believe this is my life. All that's, you know, you, you, you know what we're talking about. Oh, dude. <laughs> I watch myself too, man. I'm trying. I'm trying. I know. It's very hard. It's very hard to avoid the tr- the the honey trap 
pot of humble braggery. So tempting. It's so tempting. Because you don't want to, he was like, I'd rather you just do a straight brag. Just be like, I'm rich and famous. <laughs> just say that. <laughs> no, like, just say that. Like, I'm on a private jet and I'm rich. <laughs> don't be like, man, can't believe this is my life. I can't believe I'm here. It's like, no, you can believe it. You're whoever. You're super famous. Yeah, you can, um, you can, you can believe it. You, you actively sought out to get it. Yeah, that's right. And you got and it. Be proud. You can believe it. Be proud. You did it. You got yeah. it. Yeah, God bless Harris. So this episode is called Road Trip. Uh, for those of you who don't know, it's uh, episode 14 of season three, directed by Troy Miller, legendary, Mr. Show fame, original air date May 12th, 2011. And the blurb, the romantic tension between Leslie and Ben reaches dangerous levels when they take a work-related road trip to Indianapolis. Here we go. Nope's notes. Whoa, 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 whoa. Oh, stop. I got to stop you there because that's yes. my favorite blurb that's ever been written. <laughs> The romantic Leslie and tension Ben's between Leslie reaches dangerous da- levels. Yeah, I mean, I mean, listen, this, the exploding sexual chemistry of Adam Scott and Amy Poehler is known throughout the industry as it's it's right up there with Jack Nicholson and Jessica Lange and the Postman Always Rings Twice or The Core is Exposed. It's basically an Adrian Lyne romantic uh, erotic thriller. Oh, yeah. It's <laughs> Kim Bassinger and Mickey Rourke have nothing on these nine two. And a half, it's unfaithful. It's uh, <laughs> nine and a half weeks. It's, uh, yeah, they don't make a lot levels. of erotic thrillers anymore. They, he just did make another one with uh, Ben Affleck and Anna de Armas. I don't know if you watched that. but uh, Have you seen that movie yet? I didn't see it. What is it called? Deep Water? <laughs> I think it's called Deep Water. Uh, I did not see it. But, NC-17, uh, right? I, I don't know. I, and, X. I and it was on like Amazon or something. It was on, now now it sounds like an ad for this movie. Well, <laughs> but, no, well, but, well, listen, this episode is dangerous levels, dangerous of, levels of sexual work related road trip. And I uh, well, you will see what happens. Yeah. Uh, all right, on to the nopes notes. This episode immediately followed last week's episode, the fight classic on the same night a rare occurrence of back-to-back parks when leslie and better driving in indianapolis you can see that they both have put seat belts on their briefcases i did notice that a little cute detail jim o'hare aka jerry gergich has another newlywed game moment on tv in an episode of brooklyn 99 that he guest starred on he plays a local sheriff who uses the newlywed game to interrogate suspects wow nice deep cut nope's note this episode features leslie and ben's first kiss there very good Parks and Rec episodes often have fun cultural references, but this episode is loaded with them. April's favorite band is Neutral Milk Hotel, and she has a thing for band member Jeff Mangum. We'll talk about that later. Anne has an outfit Julie Roberts wore in Pretty Woman. Looks like the same one. I, I, we probably got the exact dress. Tom points out that the 2003 movie Love Don't Cost a Thing is based on the 1987 flick Can't Buy Me Love, then falsely claims original lineage to Kramer versus Kramer and Shakespeare. <laughs> Leslie talks dormitories at Johns Hopkins University, and Al Green's Let's Stay Together pops up on the mix CD they burned. Remember burning mix CDs? For people my age, it was like yeah. maybe high school or something. I remember that. that I remember those big CD wallets. Greg, I mean, you, might, you might remember this. like you have a big CD wallet, like writing, like, uh, you know, do that kind of thing. Mix CDs. I feel like uh, mix CDs were like an art form. It was like, I'm going <laughs> oh, on a road best. trip. I need to have the, and I only have about an hour and 20 minutes to make the perfect mix CD to convey a thought. It was it was a lot of pressure. They were also the throwdown for when you just were first starting to date someone. Oh, yeah. You'd give them a mix you made for them. And it was just like, you were, you were so in if you could thread that needle. 
Yes. I, I and like, you know, so romantic. It is a, it is a, what are you sending now? Listen to this Spotify playlist I designed for you. <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> Click on this same. link that I texted you. <laughs> but I, I think that's what's happening now. But but or like I made a TikTok for you. It is funny, we uh we talked about the iPod and and, and uh, the Rio MP three player a couple episodes ago. Now we're talking about mix CDs. We're just going backwards in time. We're gonna be talking about cassette tapes and then eight tracks and vinyl and then phonographs and wax cylinders that play music just, just wait for it just wait for it it's going to be really exciting it's just wait for, yeah this is an amazing uh, amazing uh, <laughs> teaser for season four of the show um all right synopsis time for the synopsis shout out to the listeners we got to find out the name of the listener who suggested synopsis because we, we got to give them credit so Wait yep. for that. Leslie still harbors strong romantic feelings for Ben, but cannot date him due to Chris Traeger's strict policy against workplace dating. Just as Anne suggests to Leslie that she should avoid being alone with Ben, Chris asks Leslie and Ben to drive to Indianapolis to pitch Pawnee as the next host of the Indiana Little League Baseball Tournament. Leslie and Ann devised numerous boring conversation topics for the trip to prevent it from being, becoming romantic. After an awkward drive to Indianapolis, Leslie and Ben speak before the Little League Commission, which seems reluctant to choose Pawnee for the tournament. Ben delivers a heartfelt speech about the town, but also appears to be secretly speaking about his feelings for Leslie. Subtext. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is the scene where we actually do see the Julie Roberts dress, which is very almost looks like a bikini, and we see that uh, Chris Traeger is influencing Anne because she says you guys could literally get a room. I do love. I I, I remember loving Rashida sort of trying to imitate me. It was, impressions it was, really, it was very sweet, very very fun. Impressions, impressions. So you know we have kind of a in the script that Harris worked on and the whole room worked on. We have up the flirtation between Leslie and Ben a couple of notches from where it was in the last episode. You know, we opened the episode with this kind of flirty scene and I, I kind of remember writing this. And you remember this scene, Greg? I think it got written kind of partially in the room, but they're like, it was like Benjamin and Leslie men and all this stuff like that. That's <laughs> you know, it was like, oh man. When I when I when I first started watching this episode, even though I had just watched the fight the other day, I was like, wait, had they started dating already? But they had it. That's how hot the chemistry was. Exploding. Yes. Uh, let's talk about uh, road trip staples for a second. This is a road trip episode. What 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 is your perfect road trip, Rolo? What what do you what do you what is you like? Is it the journey? Is it the destination? Is it what, what have you enjoyed in the past? It's the stuff that happens when you're bored is to me always the stuff you remember like you and in a road trip were a staple when I was a kid. And it was just that what you did to occupy your mind was super, super fun. Um, license plate, like counting the license plates of different states. Oh, you know, we haven't found one from Rhode Island yet. Oh, I did. You know, all that stupid old school stuff I love. But I love a good road trip. Um Today, my, my road trip is like my boys and I like drive up to Mammoth. So it's like one full day of driving, which is about all I can take today. Yeah, that's a good one. I, Mammoth's great. Like I've gone snowboarding there. Uh, Yosemite is another good one. I used that's to a great go, one. So I used to like my, my, my parents growing up used to take me to uh, some national parks. So we would drive to like Yosemite or Yellowstone. And then recently as I've been, as I've been an adult, um, we used to take trips to Yosemite. It's just so nice because it's it's drivable from LA. You know, you can get there five, six hours. I feel like road trips have changed now because now you could theoretically, if you're not driving, just be on your phone for five hours instead of like you used to. <laughs> like as a kid, like when we were kids, there was no internet, so it's like, man, you just gotta maybe you could play a Game Boy or like a Game Boy Advance or something, but or a Sega Game Gear, but like. Otherwise, you just got to look out the window, right? I mean, it's just a different world. It's just a different, it's a different world. And I'm not sure it's a better one. 
<laughs> I mean, the, the the value of board, like honestly, like there's a, there's a book about it. So, like the value of boredom, the value of just letting your mind wander and being away from. I feel like I have a problem, with, like just too much input. I love reading, so it's just like uh, like like I can always be reading or listening to a podcast or watching something twenty four seven. That's a little a little rough. Make some time for yourselves, guys. Go take a road trip to Yosemite. Look at uh look at El Capitan and uh, turn your phone off. Anyway, not a novel sentiment, but I'll say it anyway. <laughs> I'll second it. I was going to say during the pandemic of year one, if you can believe that's a sentence, in 2020, my wife and I rented an RV and went from Los Angeles to Maine, where she's from. And it's one of the great, great joys. We realized we're pretty much driving a studio apartment across the country. But (laughs) (laughs) it's one of the great joys, I think, taking and just stopping somewhere and saying, I'm going to sleep here for the night and see what I can explore and see what I can find. And um, I thought it was a nice way to spend a weird time when you had to be locked away with someone yeah that's so cool i i feel like i think i've only driven across the country once and i didn't have to drive i was i was dating uh, uh someone in a rock band and she her her band was on a bus so i got to ride the tour bus from new york to la and i just like we would stop in cities and they would play 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 shows and i mean it, that's incre- that's an incredible way to see the country that's like, by the way how great are those like coffin like sleep beds on the yes. sides of their yes. uh, the best sleeps I've ever had and you think those sleeps would be horrible because you all you're it's comfortable but it's it, so it, good it used to make me laugh because she was in a band called the Donnas which is like a, a punk rock band it was all women and so her bus the bus that we were sleeping on was super like nice and clean it was like four women and like me and like maybe one roadie and they were touring with a band called the Hives which is like a Swedish punk rock band. And their bus was like 30 Swedish guys who were like never showering. <laughs> They're like wearing, like they would wear suits and stuff. It was a great band, but their bus was so, so much crazier than the bus that we were on. Um, all right, let's get into the episode. Leslie's Dull Idealist includes the New Yorker article, The History of the Ladder. That comes back later. Oh, <laughs> yes, it mentions does. It. The different dorms at Johns Hopkins University. I don't know why we chose that. And she, she could read from Leslie's Sonicare toothbrush booklet. Um, the boring mixtape, there's, I mean, this keeps going on and on. Jimmy Carter's crisis of confidence speech, learning to speak Mandarin, 16 minutes of old-timey car horn, banjo, boogie, bonanza. We've got to get into that. I did notice, little a note for Mandarin speakers, um, watching this episode, the guy's like, where are you going? So he's using a mainland Chinese accent. So I, I, I've been trying to learn a little Mandarin. Uh, you know, my parents are from Taiwan. And so in Taiwan... You would say Trinali instead of Trinar. So it's a different kind of thing. I was like, wow, I can, uh, I, I actually have some uh, I- input here. I was like, wow, it's a different thing. I was, that's kind of cool. It's no small feat uh, learning that kind of stuff. I had to do, um, I had to learn it for Wayne's World. For, yes, uh, that's right. What is, so what did you speak in, in Wayne's World? It's Mandarin. Okay. That's hard, it's, right? I like, I don't know, man. Like, I'm always impressed when I see a white guy speaking any sort of Asian language. <laughs> I'm like, wow, that's like, it's really hard. Have you seen those my, videos of John Cena speaking uh, Mandarin? It's like yeah, he's learning Mandarin. The uh, the uh, my my both my sons uh, uh, studied Mandarin in, in school. I mean, that's wow. just how the world has changed. When I was in in school, it was like you could choose between French and Spanish. That was it. Yes, and. And um, and now it's, you know, Mandarin is one of the courses and they both took Mandarin for all four years. It makes a lot of sense. When I was growing up in my high school, shout out Riverside Poly, second shout out mm-hmm. Riverside Poly, uh, we only had French and Spanish and then they got rid of some of the French. So like I had taken French and they got rid of it. So I, like, I don't think oh, you well, can take French now. Yeah, anywhere. it's like no one wants that anymore. It's no. like French people are about to take over the world. <laughs> so it's like this is, yeah. uh, but but no, my my uh, my mom actually started, she's a, she was a math teacher, a high school math teacher, and then she started teaching Mandarin as well. So she taught Mandarin in high school uh, and taught a bunch of kids Mandarin. It's kind of cool. 
Um, oh man, we got to talk about this uh, Perd Happily uh, '80s footage. Oh man, I mean, <laughs> this is like this is we're getting like a little high on our own supply. We, where he has the huge, uh, almost kid in play style uh, haircut. It's the best like, thing ever. I mean, you know, I feel about I, I, it's well established how I feel about Perd. He might be one of my favorite characters ever, and him in the kid and play look is just so dope. I would watch a whole uh, Pert Happily spinoff. We, we'll, we'll get that in the works. We'll know. Maybe our friends over at Netflix will make that show with us. <laughs> Let's go. I'm in. There's a funny thing that we've done with Pert. I'm just realizing, and I'm looking at the screen grab we have, only his hair has changed, but he looks exactly the same age. And we did the same thing with Ron throughout the series, right? Anytime you see Ron at another time, he's pretty much just the same, which is maybe his hair has changed a little bit, but he's ageless. Yes. No attempt, no attempt to, to, to age him down at all. That makes sense. I like to think that Ron is like Wolverine. He secretly is like 150 years old. He like fought in World War One or whatever. That's right. Uh, all right. Uh, meanwhile, Tom asks Andy, April, Jerry, and Donna to participate in a new game show called No Yaboo that he's hoping to pitch to networks. He admits that it's a ripoff of the Newlywed game. It quickly becomes clear that Jerry and Donna know much more about each other than the recently married Andy and April. When April reveals her favorite band is Neutral Milk Hotel and not Andy's band, Mouse Rat, Andy angrily leaves the game. April and Andy have a big fight which causes him to quit his music. April seeks advice from Anne because although she dislikes her, Anne previously dated Andy for several years. Anne tells April she has to be supportive of Andy no matter how she feels. The next day, April brings the other members of Mouse Rat to City Hall and surprises Andy by singing one of his songs. A thrilled Andy reconciles with April. Um, wow, we just did the whole B story. We did the whole B story. That was a big B story. Uh, it's it it actually yeah. I mean it's it's a it's very uh it's very Mouse Rat heavy. But I did want to point out that. The networks that Tom wants to pitch to his game show, Spike, G4, GSN, Fuse, Wow, Boom, Zip, Kablam, Slurp, Slurp Latin, and Slurp HD. But it's like that reminded me of like what we have going on with streaming now. Did yes. you see that? Like, like, like there's like there's like Amazon Freebie now. There's like a new one. There's like, you know, Quibi's gone, CNN Plus is gone, but there's still more 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 networks popping up. And my favorite one ever with the name is Tubi. Makes me laugh. Tubi. There's you could pitch to two. You could pitch to Roku. You could pitch to Spectrum Originals. You could pitch to like it. It. it it's there's gonna be. It feels like we're we're on the precipice of some of those going away. Unfortunately, but yeah, I mean, it, it, like I remember when we pitched Master None, we pitched to Netflix and HBO and Showtime and all these places, and we also pitched to Microsoft Xbox 360 to like have a show on on the <laughs> Xbox somehow. Fortunately, we chose Netflix, which still exists. Yes. But, I mean, Amazing. how crazy is that? Who no one knew what was no one knew what was going to happen. Nobody knew. Who knew? No. No one knows. No one knows anything. You no, know, I know it's still happening now. Um but uh it really really makes me think about streamers. All because I remember I think that was kind of like Spike had turned into something I mean like there was Fuse, there's all these yeah, there's all these random ass uh, cable networks and that's what kind of that joke was about. Um, the, the, there's actually kind of an interesting Neutral Milk Hotel was uh, not a super popular band, but they were a, a kind of a seminal indie indie rock band. It was big. I think it, there, it was kind of big amongst the writing staff. So I think that's why uh, uh, we made it April's favorite band. Um, 
they they have I don't know they had a lot of how did how did Harris that. Whittles sign off on any band not being Fish is the that's question. when uh, it turns out that Mike Shores is boss and Mike loves new <laughs> <laughs> because uh, you may have your name on the episode but the the show belongs to Mike so uh, <laughs> but yeah I remember a couple neutral muckles to tell stories I definitely I went to see them at the Hollywood Bowl with Z's at one point and then uh, at one point. Uh, they reunited. They kind of broke up famously and then reunited. And I went to, this is crazy. I remember I went to Phoenix, Arizona with Mike Shore, Dave King, and Matt Murray, who were all writers for Parks as well. And we went and saw a Neutral Milk Hotel show at a tiny venue there. And we also saw like a Diamondbacks game or something. And I just, it was like, that was, I mean, that was, it was an road trip. Band in the, yeah, it was, it was a, it was a plane trip, but it was basically that. And, and uh, I, it just bled into the show. So, I mean, sometimes that's that's what happens, right? When characters have favorite bands, it's sometimes just uh, the writer's favorite band. <laughs> I think Mike told me once that he loved Neutral Milk Hotel so much that he bought like 20 CDs of the 20 uh, copies of In the Airplane Over the Sea, right? Uh, and and he just uh, kept them in his apartment. Yes. And any time someone would come over and be like, I've never heard this. This seems like bizarre, but... Th- this this is a great show and tell. Yeah. This is like when I showed the Offerman thing the other day. This is the record. This is the the cover. So I'm showing uh, uh the sleeve, the vinyl. It's a vinyl record sleeve. That's a it's a that's in the aeroplane over the sea. So it is April's favorite band. And uh, also shout out to the uh, the they show Mouse Rat later. Shout out to the weird shiny blue jacket I'm wearing in that scene. <laughs> it's at the end of the episode. I was like, oh, this is very strange. Warmer, sunnier days are calling. Fuel up for them with Factors No Prep, No Mess Meals. Now, Factors Fresh, never frozen meals are dietitian approved, which is awesome. And they're ready to eat in just two minutes. So, no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great tasting meals. So, so good. I love this stuff. With 35 different meals and more than 60 add ons to choose from every week, you will always have new flavors to explore to help you crush your wellness goals. And let me tell you what I crush they have a smoky bacon and cheddar egg bite that is. Mm, 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 good. Mm. I tried their shakes also, and they were so good. Oh, I'm a Factor fan. Head to factormeals.com slash parksandrex50 and use code parksandrex50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code parksandrex50 at factormeals.com slash parksandrex50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. When you're hiring for your small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. That is so true, Greg. LinkedIn knows that as a small business owner, you don't have the time or the resources to spend countless hours looking for the right person for the job. So they have launched a new feature that helps you write job descriptions, making the process even easier and quicker. And it isn't just a job board. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching. In fact, get this, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Wow, that, that, that's impressive. That's amazing. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash parks. That's linkedin.com slash parks to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. 
Um, how do we feel about April and Andy fighting? It's it's uh, we don't really see couples fight on parks, but I feel like it was kind of it was kind of earned. It, it, I like it kind it. of yeah, I liked it too. It was like it's like they got married too soon in some ways. So let's see the ramifications of that. I thought that was a canny writing move. Yeah, for sure. And just seeing those two, particularly Andy. I mean, you it's it's not hard to imagine April fighting, but Andy is such a like a sweet adult that him fighting was was a, was a cool move. I thought. Yeah, it's kind of maybe like an 80-20 rule of like you could you should have a character behave exactly like you think they're going to behave like 80-85, maybe even 90% of the time, but then you always got to humanize them and show the opposite, right? So you'd see him yeah. be cheerful most of the time and then in this one it's like, no, he has emotions, he has a little bit of vulnerability and his feelings are hurt. And that I think turns them from kind of caricatures and and just pure comedy characters to you know, human beings that you want to yep. root for and so I thought that was a a good choice. Um, how do you, is there any way that when you're sort of preparing for a fight scene with like a romantic, uh, partner in a, in a show or anything, is there anything you, is there any way you specifically prepare for a fight scene or is it kind of character by character depending well, on, it, on the It's show? so funny. When I was a young actor, the, the, uh, the emotion that I had the toughest time accessing and playing was anger. Interesting. And maybe just because I was young and I wasn't angry at the world enough yet. Although there are a lot of young, angry people out there. I, there's a lot of people who are angry and you don't know why. <laughs> They're yeah, just well, bored I, angry, yeah. I, yeah, I mean, particularly in this, in today's world, I think there are a lot more angry people than there were growing up, I feel like. But who knows? But then um, as I got older, it became one of the easiest things. <laughs> <laughs> That's so interesting. To, to access, yeah. That's actually interesting. Like, do you, are you, some, are you an actor who, who accesses actual memories? Does that help you? Because I know sometimes I talk to my girlfriend about that, like that does help, but... But how do you approach that? Like, it, like it, do, you, do you access a memory or, or how I have that, that in my tool bag, certainly, yep. and I have used it a lot. I've gone through phases where I've sp- done nothing but use that. And then I've gone through phases where I don't, for me, if the writing is good enough, I, I, it, it is enough to, to, to fire the, the stuff inside me that needs to get fired if the writing is good enough. Yeah. When the right, I have to, I have to pull out the tool bag. To, uh, more and more if the writing is not as good. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. Um, all right, let's move to the C story. This is a wild one. In the separate C story, a young girl named Lauren, played by Alyssa Schaefer, asked to interview Ron for her school's field trip assignment to City Hall. Ron initially resists, but soon espouses his libertarian beliefs to her. He illustrates the concept of taxes by eating 40% of Lauren's lunch to compare his actions to those of the government. She eagerly accepts his anti-government views. The next day, Lauren's furious mother reveals her daughter's assignment was why government matters and the and that Lauren simply wrote, it doesn't. Ron apologizes and later tells Lauren she should keep her views on government to herself until she gets older. Um, this is like catnip. This would be like libertarian subreddit Reddit catnip. This feels like this is like... Like this is like Ron Swanson in full bloom, uh, super super on character. I remember talking about this sea story in the writers' room, and um, we were always happy with it because it put on put him on this little island with like a with a, with a small child, and seeing because that's kind of like again the the secret sauce of Nick is he can play super masculine, super brusque, super you know stereotypically manly, but we know he's such a good actor. He's, he has this warmth, and so when he interacts with a kid, it's like. It just works. It just yeah, works. Totally. And and kids and animals. Yes. <laughs> kids and kids and animals is tough, but but it, he makes it work, man. He makes it work. Yeah, there's um, something about seeing that that dichotomy of the like the 
sort of supposedly grumpy old bear with a sweet little kid. It's always yes. magic. There's nothing better than a grump with a heart of gold, right? <laughs> grump oh, with yeah. a heart of gold is like, uh, and it also, you know, this is kind of a almost a, a foreshadowing of his his future romantic storyline because you know he ends up uh, dating a Xena warrior princess, um, Lucy Lawless, and she has kids, and he's kind of you know the kids soften him, and seeing him with the kids is kind of a humanizing moment for him. It's kind of his overall arc for the series in some ways, and so yeah. this this this. This uh, this sea story was like a little kind of a, a little jewel that inspired all that stuff and and, and shows it. But uh, it's also I found it strange that Ron is eating a pretzel in the show. <laughs> like it's not, that seems like off character. That seems like not what he would choose to eat. But it's kind of funny. I, pretzels are a whole thing. I don't I don't I don't get them. Are you a get... hard pretzel or a soft pretzel, man? <sighs> I mean, I guess like. Given the right circumstances, the the big soft pretzel with mustard on it. That's what I would say. If I'm right? in Bavaria, <laughs> like yes. if I'm like yes. if, if yes. I'm traversing Bavaria, and it's like, hey, you want to? The other thing I will say is like, I don't, I, I don't fuck with like a just a hard pretzel. What is that? Like, just give me like that feels like you're in prison or something. I'm eating like a, a like a hard tube of starch. Like, no, like I, if I'm gonna eat carbs, it better be something really tasty. <laughs> like, load up, load. I mean, I love carbs. Like, I love noodles and pasta and rice and all that. You know, like I'm not just gonna eat a, a, a stale pretzel, man. That's, that's insane. But I will say, you get you're in the mall. You pass a Wetzel's pretzels. Oh. That shit is like covered in butter. Like it sounds kind of good. It's just bread. But pretzels just bread, right? I mean, like it's, it's just bread. Wetzel's Dip it pretzels. in cheese, maybe. Maybe oh. what, like at the theme park or like at a ball game, pretzel with like cheese. But you're mainly doing it for the cheese, you know? It's like anyway. I, I think pretzels are one of the great deliveries of salt that we have. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And do you remember Alan? Uh, the, uh, Katie Dippold had a, a, a deep love of salt. She yes. Would, I think she would famously say that she thinks she has a salt deficiency. Yes. Maybe she actually found out she does. She would eat a bag of pretzels unlike anyone I've ever seen. She'd eat every pretzel and then spend almost as much time as she did eating the pretzels just getting every morsel of salt that had fallen off the pretzels at the corner of the bag, just like, just like lapping it up like she hadn't eaten in days. It was... A sight to see. Yes, it was really funny because, like, when we met Katie, like, you know, Katie's a very funny character, and you know, she's been on the show before, but she's like kind of a, a soft-spoken, like, sweet woman, and like, she just howls salt. She just come in the room <laughs> and just like just be like, she would just pour salt on her plate and like dip stuff in it. I'm like, this is insane. This is you are eating so. I mean, there's a lot of the, we could get into kind of the snack issue. The the the, the one that really uh, really hurt everyone's heart was that Aisha Muhar, one of the other writers. Enjoyed eating Cheez-Its with raisins. Ooh! <laughs> just, just so troubling. Like, just, Ooh. Uh, I mean, a, a, a truly, uh, I don't know, I, I would say revolting, <laughs> repugnant, repugnant instinct there. But I'm yeah. remembering, am I missing this? That by the, the writer's room on Parks and Rec for sure had, 100% had, the best sort of kitchen snack area of anywhere I'd 100% of any writer's room I've ever witnessed. But was there a whole red vine thing or am I, am I, is that a different show? Yes, that's it's in this show. There was a Twizzlers red vine. In fact, I believe it stars Mike Erman trout from from breaking bad. And it's like, it's my episode. Okay. There you go. We'll get to it hopefully. But yeah, it's, it's red vines versus Twizzlers and it like tears the family apart. (laughs) But I mean, 
this is the kind of stuff that you would talk about in the room over and over again. Aisha, you know, talking about cheese hits and raisins, she's like, no, it's a classic combo. It's like, you know, think about a charcuterie board. You know, it's like cheese and like figs and grapes. It's like, this Yuck. is cheese and dried grapes. It's like, no, it's not. It's like, Even there, it's gross. It's, yeah, it's not good, man. It's not I, I'm, good. I, I don't want fruit anywhere other than where fruit should be. Like, don't put little dried cherries in my salads. I, I'm with Put you. it in my ice cream. Put it maybe on my waffle with uh, something. Yes. Or I will like, accept this. I, I, I get so grossed out when fruit appears places where I don't think it should be. Well, here's here's the great debate in the writer's room. I won't say where everybody lands. Rob, how do you feel about fruit in your pie? Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm really down with fruit in my pie. So you like warm fruit. So, so hot fruit, hot fruit was a huge debate in the writers' room. We would talk about hot fruit once every two weeks, just like so. So, Mike, Mike, sure thinks hot fruit is disgusting and will not eat any kind of hot fruit. I'm like, look, it's an apple pie. I'll eat a, I'll eat an apple pie. Who cares? Oh hell yeah, it's great. Whatever. I mean, I don't know. I'm not eating it all the time, but if it's in the right context. But yeah, he's like, hot fruit is disgusting. Uh, that has been that has been brought up many many times, and many hours were wasted on whether fruit I think, could be consumed. I think the listeners need to to vote on 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 our our town howls and hall about hot fruit, fruit. yay or nay. All this all this conversation, I'm very interested in. I also, by the way, if anyone in the world is eating cheeses with raisins, write in because <laughs> I've never heard of that, and I've never heard of it before, and I've never heard of it since. Can so, I just think about this? So, just the balancing cheeses are so small. How do you balance the raisins on them? Or is, I mean, you have to like put your finger on it, eating like them in tandem. I don't know. Ew, I don't know if it was double fisting. A, yeah, I don't know if it's a sandwich situation. No, I think it's a. It's <laughs> think about it. I mean, it's a. It's a truly evocative image and it is. Uh, taste. Uh, but yeah, I, I, Ron eating the little girl sandwich, uh, classic. Kind of reminded me of that SNL sketch where uh, I believe it's God who's playing who's playing uh, Bill Clinton in that sketch, but he's. He's talking about warlords, and he's at a McDonald's, and he's eating a bunch of uh, eating a bunch of the, the Phil the Hartman. Burger. Yes, God damn, that was Phil Hartman. I was like, it was a Daryl Hammond. It's like before that it was Phil mm, Hartman. It's amazing sketch. God. Um. Anyway, classic sketch. Uh, let's go back to the A story. Ben's speech clearly impresses both the judges and Leslie, and Pawnee is ultimately selected for the tournament. Leslie reluctantly accepts Ben's invitation to a celebratory dinner that night, where Ben brings up his feelings for her. She slips away to call Anne for advice, and Anne urges Leslie to act on her feelings. Just as Leslie decides to do so, she's surprised to find Chris has arrived at the dinner to congratulate the two personally. He insists they sleep at his home in Indianapolis. Wild move. Ruining their <laughs> night. The next day, Leslie and Ben run into each other alone, and Ben reveals Chris is out for the day. Ben then immediately kisses her, to which Leslie reciprocates, leaving her simultaneously delighted and nervous about their future. <laughs> Uh, it's I love the act break here. It's you show up at the dinner and then you're like, I want to keep the night going. Let's play mini golf. I kind of wanted to see. By the way, later we do a mini golf episode. I directed an episode much later where where they play mini golf. So oh, we yeah. don't see that in this episode, but you suggest it. Um, it is a it is a funny it is a funny uh, uh act break. Are you but, actually a mini golf guy, or is that a trigger thing? No, I love mini golf. Oh, there we go. I I think it's great. I, think I love you, I love real golf. I'm dressed in a golf outfit right now. Because after this, we're we're done recording this. I'm going to go golf. Um, oh. But I will tell you that this episode I remember was Chris in in his most enthusiastic, most obtuse, most um, 
ner- highest level of nerddom ever, <laughs> and it was so fun. Yeah, it, it's and it's like you <laughs> it's just come back to my condo, forcing them to go to your condo, and Leslie sleeps in the guest room, and, and Ben sleeps on the you have to sleep on my couch, and then we see your weird apartment again. <laughs> that weird <laughs> apartment. <laughs> and that apartment, I, again, we've talked about this, the, the location where we shot that Hollywood, was right? so bleak and depressing. It just couldn't have been more depressing. <laughs> and it was also hot as Hades when we made this episode. Yeah. Just miserably hot and it's like i never forget really terrible working conditions when it's yeah. like super 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 cold that's all i can think about when i see a movie or a tv thing i've done where you were just shivering or if you're baking your ass off this was hot it it it, it, it never ceases to blow my mind because you know it's tough to be a crew member also in those situations. Obviously, no. you're there all day, but sometimes the actors don't get to wear what is appropriate for the temperature. So, so uh, Christine, my girlfriend, has just been shooting Handmaid's Tale up in Toronto, and it's freezing. It's they're in the woods. It's freezing. They're freezing. Just shooting. They're, they're outside. They're shooting months out there. It's like I just don't. I can't imagine how difficult some of those shoots are. It's, it's like when just, I, it's when you know too much about movie making. Is like when I watch The Revenant. Oh, that's what's, all I can think. Just of is, about to say that. Yeah, is I'm just like I hope Leo had a wetsuit. On uh, yeah, and, and and think about how far crafty is, or like any yeah. sort of warming. Te- like I was like yes. when they do like a like when they do it. I can't now that once you work on sets, once you see like a beautiful panning panoramic camera shot of the entire wherever they are, the the Rocky Mountains or whatever. It's like, well, where's where are the tents? Like where, where's Village? I was like, where's Village? Where, I always think about like this? like those again. Those scenes where Leo's like throwing himself around in the water and the rivers and shit is like they pan and they pan and they pan and the camera stops and I'm thinking I hope right on the edge of frame is the blow up kids um, pool that's filled with warm water yes that you jump into immediately just so you don't die of hypothermia yes (laughs) it's like that that like like uh, I mean it's it's crazy so this this wasn't quite the uh, Canadian Rockies or whatever, but it, it was, was a, war, a mean, warm apartment in Hollywood, yeah. California. Yeah, exactly. But you know, that's look. I also it felt think, like look, the Revenant to me. Yeah, I'm just saying. Like but the one hot of the, Revenant. But one of the beauty to me, one of the beauties of working on a show like this, which I have come to appreciate more and more, is you know you, you get to you know have a good time with your friends, ideally in pretty good conditions, and just be funny. You know, like that. Yeah. There, like that's a, there's a joy to life and like making something fun with your friends. Like that's especially on a long running show it's like it's it becomes your day job right so you're just doing it for months out of the year you're doing it for you know and 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 shooting hours are long so if you can find a show uh, uh like this to 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 fall into it, it's a wonderful thing and um we got to shout out this joke uh similar to kind of Ben's freak out on this is uh this is, this is Leslie. Leslie yeah this yeah. is a Leslie so it also calls back to Wiz Palace but it's similar to the Ben freak out she says I'm going to see a man about some porcelain you know what I mean I'm not buying cocaine I'm going to the bathroom the Wiz Palace as I like to call it I'm not calling Anne like this is a callback to season one I think she says Wiz Palace in uh, like uh god I don't know if I think she says it in practice state if I oh, okay yeah so practice so early season two yeah you're right you're right um, so, you know, this episode also shows us similarities between Ben and Leslie. So that's kind of like they're they prone to freakouts. They're a little bit manic at times. And they're both huge nerds. They're both huge nerds. We got to talk about Chris urinating 12 times a night. He just very openly says, I have a tiny bladder. The key to a healthy urethra, radishes. <laughs> what? It's what's what, going, what's like, going like on? Like I'm saying, that? this is one of my favorite Chris episodes. It really, yeah. truly is. Because it's, it's Chris at his most unhinged. 
Like that is a truly unhinged <laughs> Chris Traeger. The key to a healthy brand. Radishes. Radishes. It, I don't know if it even makes any sense. I and love that. I don't care. It's <laughs> no, just it's funny. It's a funny, like you, you're expecting to say like cranberry juice or something, but it's like, no, radishes is funnier. It's very strange. He's insisting, like, it's also like, I don't know. It serves a good story purpose too, because you kind of believe this guy. He's just kind of a little wacky, but it's really funny, man. It's really funny. Well, think we about gotta, the line, the line, I have a tiny bladder. Yeah. Just that line. It's like there, there's a world in which you're not happy about that. <laughs> yes. Chris is excited about it. It's a fact. He's excited about it's everything. A, it's a fact. He, he's not embarrassed. I love that about him, too. He's not embarrassed. He's nope. just saying it's just a fact about me, Chris Traeger, and it's 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 my body, and uh, I've accepted it, and I urinate a, mi- a minimum 12 times a night. Like, that's 12? <laughs> More than once an hour. Uh, <laughs> that's also really great about this. I'm just realizing this now. Is it combines, Rob, one of your maybe least favorite parts of Chris, which is the enforcer of this weird rule of... Uh, you know, of Intravitz romance. At the same time, you're like, come stay at my place. Come sleep at my couch. <laughs> yes, right. yeah. Come stay, be in my clothes. I'm going to tell you about my bladder. Wear my clothes. I'm going to overshare yes, in a personal yes. way. Yeah, which is good. I mean, it's 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 kind of the other side of the coin, which is like a happy guy. He's, he's like an overshare. And we got we to gotta talk. We got to close out by talking about um, the banjo scene, which is also, we talk about gifts uh, in the show. Uh, definitely a huge gift of, Chris in the backseat playing banjo. Was this scripted? This is scripted, right? It w- it was. I think the phrase was Chris goes banjo crazy. I'd like to look at it if we could pull it up because it was. Well, yeah, let's see if we can find it. Maybe we can. Maybe we can dig it up. But uh, <laughs> but it was um. But I mean, what is it? Okay, that's fine. What does it actually mean? Right? Like, so I could have done. I could. I could still be doing this scene if they let me. I loved doing this banjo bit more than life itself. And it was one of those things where like the bigger I did it, the more insane I did it, the the more that those two in the front seat were trying to keep a straight face. And yeah. they they were dying. Absolutely can- <laughs> dying. Yeah, I mean, you, I'm looking at a screenshot of it now in the notes, and if you look at Adam's face, like you, Adam's face is incredible, and it's like you can tell it's like yeah. So we see here's the script pages. Ben turns on the banjo music. There's a beat of silence. Then Chris starts seat dancing to the music. But da 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 What is this? It's amazing. So I think I think like that's a lot of actors' discovery there because that's like. You know, to, to build it up to that level is 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 really something. And also and, in like in the, all the crazy like, and we didn't have the banjo music, just a technical oh, wow. thing. It, it wasn't. I, I don't think we had it yes. yet. So you lay I that kinda, in later. So I kind of had to make it up, and then the fact that it didn't really match just only made it. Yes. Did they play it for you for reference? Because sometimes they'll do that. They'll play it first, and then they I can't think play they. It the yeah, audio. I think that they did. Um, you know, I, I do a one man show uh, from time to time, and this is the this is the number one Perks clip that I play is the, is <laughs> is this banjo moment because it, it it is stop pooping is a, a iconic Chris Traeger moment for me. This is my favorite Chris Traeger moment we have. This and take me out to the ball game at, we'll at a at a at a live show. This is gonna kill. I mean, it's definitely very uh, very active. This isn't a real car, right? This is not like an LED LED screen on the stage. Oh, We're another gonna, well, trailer. No, well, I'm not likely to forget, again, like The Revenant. Uh, wait, we keep talking about The Revenant. The Revenant was cold. What's a movie that's cold. notoriously hot? 
I mean, what about like Dune or something? Or like what? Dune? Like where are they shooting the desert or like on an island or like this guy? Mad Max. Like Mad Max. Yes, the new one too. Fury Road. I've heard stories about Fury Road. Yeah, I think it's. Man. I think it's. This was so we are being towed around the Sepulveda Basin. <laughs> oh man! And, and it was so hot. Yes, just a little peek behind the curtain. If you ever see a car scene in a show. Just know that it was a nightmare to shoot. There's no car scene that, like, anytime, like, we're riding a scene that's, like, interior car, it's like, what if they're walking? What if it's not in a car? Because because the, the sort of rigmarole you have to go through, you just got to rig up the car. There's many ways to do it. There's process trailer, poor man's process trailers. There's, you know, but I will say technology has advanced somewhat so that if you don't need to see the outside of the car, you can now shoot it on stage and they use LED screens and it looks pretty good. I, I was skeptical, but the technology's gotten there. So, but at this in this era... With the technology we were using, there was none of that. It was an actual car, and you're being and, towed and you're dra- and it's take after take after take after take, and you're not getting. You're like you're stuck in the car, which is great. Yes, you, but it's, with, it's hot with a cast though. like this. It's, it's like it just got to turn the air off. Got to turn the air off for sound. Yeah, that's the thing. The air, the windows have to be up, the air has to be off, and it's 106 degrees in the valley. And I'm doing the banjo, and <laughs> yeah. you are never going to forget it. More energy, Troy Miller. Just more, oh. more. <laughs> the other, the other thing I remember about this, and I really like, as funny as the banjo thing is, is Adam, Adam's deadpan reaction, where I suggest, where I begin to talk about the ladder, where yes. I go, oh, uh, I go, um, oh Ben, you're going to love this, and he goes, yeah, like he is that that really subtle thrown away, yes, y- yes or yeah that he says makes me laugh out loud every time. Uh, yeah, he's wonderful in this. This is a, this is a great three shot. I'm looking at the three shot right now. It's classic, uh, classic front of the car towards the back. Um, and again, what we one more time, what we said about comedy, like the three shot is what makes it funny. Yes, like you don't want to you don't want a close up of Chris Traeger, and you don't want a close up of them. Or either. cutting, cutting, cutting. You start nope. feeling the hand of the director and the editor, right? Yep. That it, it's a, yep. it's it just you just don't. It, it, that's the frustrating thing is you you get in the edit room, you just don't like. It's 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 an alchemy. It's certainly an alchemy. Of, it's like of, that distracted boyfriend meme. You know what I'm talking about? Yes, yes. Oh yeah. The, the girl you see three dress. beings, right? Yes, you see yes. three people, and it tells yes. a story in one image. Yes. And what I'm looking at right now is a still image of Ben, Leslie, and Chris playing the banjo, and it tells the story. So that's visual storytelling. <laughs> um, all right. Any final thoughts on the episode? This is a big one. One of your favorite moments in the show ever. I mean, I, it's, it's my, it's my, it is my favorite Chris Traeger moment. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm so happy that that meme exists. I cannot tell you. I love it. I love it. Uh, a great episode. Uh, God bless Harris Whittles, Troy Miller. Mm-hmm. Great job. Uh, oops moment. Uh, the Claymore landmine Ron gives La- Lauren is not in fact a landmine, but an M1 M18A1 Claymore Mine, it functions similar to a landmine, but it is not buried and rather placed above the ground and either remotely or tripwire triggered. Fun. Thank you to our military experts. Yes. Love that. Uh, common knowledge for anyone who's played 007 Goldeneye on the Nintendo 64 classic game. Don't play as Odd Job. That's cheating. You're too small if you play as Odd Job. <laughs> That's right. All right. Episode MVP, Most Valuable Pawnee. And which character moment in this episode sticks out to you the most and why? We got a shout out the banjo moment for sure. <laughs> big banjo moment. I mean, look, I, I think anytime one of our cast gets a, a a seminal moment, you know, it's 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 they they need to be recognized. But I That's but I think it's it would be a, so. But it would be a humble brag 
be a humble brag to say that I think that uh, the the runner up today is is Harris Whittles uh, for inventing a word <laughs> for inventing right. an English word <laughs> that is crazy. We got to also remember uh, Leslie invents first kiss. So you yeah, know it's, right. it's kind of like a hockey game where you get the three stars, you get <laughs> you get you get multiples. Uh, listeners, let us know who your MVP is by tweeting at Team Coco Podcast or by using the hashtag Parks and Recollections. Town for a town hall. Dive into the start of summer at Whole Foods Market. Check out their summer splash event with sales on fresh organic produce, organic strawberries, and a fan favorite sale on Ben and Jerry's and Talenti. Explore deals on grill-friendly meats like organic air-chilled chicken breast, beef and chicken kebabs, all with no antibiotics ever from our meat department. Plus, grab easy sides from prepared foods and cool off with refreshing drinks. Kick off your summer and shop in store or online at Whole Foods Market today. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. Also, today is a town oh. howl, so yeah, the, the howl is appropriate. Where should we do this town howl? Should we do it in your weird apartment? <laughs> we should, because I have, because I've been tipped off as to what the town howl actually is, and and hot miserable places are are the theme. This, I mean, Kenya is one of my favorite places in the world, but it's hot, wow. and our howl is from Kenya today. That's amazing. So let's let's Evan keep the theme Kenya. going. Evan we're, from Kenya. We're traversing continents. That's unbelievable. People listening in Kenya. So let's keep it in a hot place. Let's put it in the back seat of that god awful car being towed through the Sepulveda Basin. I love it. I love it. We'll do the town hall from there. All right, Evan from Kenya, take it away, Shulte. Hi, my name is Evan, and I live in Nairobi, Kenya. Thank you all so much for putting together this podcast. Parks and Rec is one of my favorite shows. I know that Alan doesn't like to attribute jokes, um, but I was a sophomore at Johns Hopkins when this episode first aired and loved the shout out about unsexy bed lofting at my alma mater. What's the origin of this joke? P.S. As someone who studied abroad in school in Tajikistan, my vote for a spinoff is one where the Saperstein twins open the worst casino in the world in Doshanbe. Oh, man. I mean that that is I challenge anyone to beat that town how this dude is in Nairobi and he's talking about Tajikistan he's giving his pitches from Tajikistan Evan incredible incredible voicemail incredible uh, I, I just know Rob listening to that uh, Shulte listening to that, uh, that voicemail like this is gold I mean that's that's wonderful. If you're, by the way, international listeners, you're going to have a leg up, I think, submitting questions because I think we get a kick out of someone in a different, a different country, different continent, Nairobi, yes. listening to the show. That's awesome. That's that. That is one of the cool things about the modern era, right? It's that you can do that. Um, I think we. So we ta- we touched on this a little bit. My guess is, and I don't have a full photographic recollection of the origin of this joke, but my guess is. I have a, I have a couple ideas, Greg, and and if you if you know, jump in whenever. But I will say there was something 
very annoying in the writer's room, which is that people, writers who went to Harvard would sometimes mention the dorms they lived in. So like, it would be like, I lived in a house, like whatever, I lived in Lowell House or whatever, Adams House or whatever. And it was like, then I believe it became a parody thing where like Harris and some other writers were like, oh yeah, I lived in uh, Wigglesworth uh, A12 or whatever. Like, and they, they would make fun of the Harvard writers for t- ever talking about Harvard stuff. It, within their full rights to do so. So that might have seeped into the writing in some way, and then they didn't want to make it Harvard dorms, probably, so they said Johns Hopkins dorms. That is one theory. That is one of my theories. Greg, what do you think about that theory? You know, I think there's some of that is the truth. Well, definitely the truth of uh, the Harvard writers talking about Harvard things. Yes. <laughs> um, so much to say that, you know, uh, we kept a running log of what we called Writer's Room Awards, and they were big topics <laughs> and what people thought. And I just pulled it up. <laughs> just to trigger this. And, you know, one was best conversational topic that no one cares about. And Harvard mm-hmm. is one of them. And we'll get to some yes. other ones. <laughs> but baseball. I mean, honestly, it's pretty base- much, oh my God. It's pretty much the, only the people who care about it are the people in the conversation, but they take over the entire room's yes. discussion by talking about their thing. Dan Gore and I would talk about Radiolab, shut the entire conversation down Radio- in, the, in, the, in the room. Because keep in mind the strange ecosystem of Ten to fifteen people sitting in a room. So if two people are having a loud conversation, it's you just yeah. You can it, take it, over it, the it, entire. It, you can take over the room. That every time I see if you if you if you follow Mike Schur on Twitter, he's at Ken Tremendous. He will very occasionally, or some, you know, maybe more than very occasionally, post just a screenshot of an image of a strike zone and like this was called a, a ball, but it's a strike, and it's like yeah. <laughs> like he will tweet that maybe once every three weeks, and it's like okay, well. <laughs> That remind that gives me flashbacks to the uh, Parks and Rec writers room because that would come up like like he would watch the game not the video just like a game cast like an image of like balls and strikes coming in and that would happen all the time so you know eventually you're kind of holding the room hostage we're talking about that stuff so so you know to come back to Evans Town how what I believe happened is I have opened the notes from this episode and Great. one of the pitches for what the music is in the car is you know one was the rocketeer soundtrack was pitched uh frantic (laughs) (laughs) frantic banjo music which makes it um okay freakonomics book on tape didn't make it then um one was topics of conversation and uh names of dorms at john johns hopkins comes up and so much so that whoever was in the room pitching it i wanted to find out we're going to come back to this even pitched out Grand Granderson Hall, McAllister called someone in the room said these things out loud. So we have to find this out. And then in the writer's first draft, that remains. But in the final version, it turned into what it turned into. So the kernel of it was there in the writer's first, and it became what it becomes. I, I don't later. remember any writer having gone to Johns Hopkins, so it feels like someone looked it up or something because it, it yeah. So I, I feel like I would remember that if someone had gone there. So I hope that's a satisfactory answer. Um, uh, Evan. That is the most satisfactory answer. Yeah, keep, that keep listening. Anyone could have helped for. Yeah, keep listening over in uh, Nairobi. Wonderful. Um, all right, that's all I got. Rolo, you got anything else? No, man. This was a good episode. This was not only a good episode, but a good episode about the episode. I I agree. I mean, there's a lot. There, I think we I think we gave a lot of stuff out there, folks. A rich I hope tapestry. You're happy. A rich tapestry. This episode was the opposite. This podcast episode was the opposite of cheeses and raisins. 
a wonderful, wonderful episode. Uh, all right. Uh, thank you all for listening. Subscribe where you get podcasts. Uh, five-star review on Apple. I just realized I praised our own episode, but whatever. I did it. Uh, <laughs> it's, humble so it's, it's, humble, it's humble brag. No, straight up brag, man. That's, this is what Harris would prefer. Just own it. Just brag. Just That's straight right. up brag. That's There's right. no humility there. Just brag. No. Uh, uh, thank you, everyone, for listening. And uh, goodbye from Pani. Bye-bye. See you next week. Parks and Recollection is produced by Greg Levine and me, Rob Schulte. Our coordinating producer is Lisa Berm. The podcast is executive produced by Alan Yang for Alan Yang Productions, Rob Lowe for Low Profile, Jeff Ross, Adam Sachs, and Joanna Solitaroff at Team Coco, and Colin Anderson at Stitcher. Gina Batista, Paula Davis, and Britt Kahn are our talent bookers. The theme song is by Mouse Rat, a.k.a. Mark Rivers with additional tracks composed by John Danik. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time on Parks and Recollection. This has been a Team Coco production in association with Stitcher. Dive into the start of summer at Whole Foods Market. Check out their summer splash event with sales on fresh organic produce, organic strawberries, and a fan-favorite sale on Ben & Jerry's and Talenti. Explore deals on grill-friendly meats like organic air-chilled chicken breast, beef and chicken kebabs, all with no antibiotics ever from our meat department. Plus, grab easy sides from prepared foods and cool off with refreshing drinks. Kick off your summer and shop in store or online at Whole Foods Market today. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. 